Hello, my friends. Peggy Moore here with Discover Your Personal Power podcast. How are things? How are you guys holding up, my friends, with all this coronavirus craziness? I know it's getting pretty intense in the States. It's been a little painful here. So you guys know I live in Okinawa, Japan, and I work for the Department of Defense school system here. I am a school nurse, and my husband teaches sixth grade math. So we both love our jobs. Our jobs pay for our beautiful home on the beach, and they also pay for us to go home every summer. And this was one of my conditions for keeping a job overseas. If I can go home and be with my kids for three months in the summer and play and hang out and uh, visit and do fun stuff, and if we can find some way to be with them at Christmas, then we could make this work. And so far, we've been overseas for over 12 years and been able to make it work every summer, either our kids coming to us in the summer or us going to them. Well, of course, this summer with the coronavirus, that is not happening. Japan has been very strict with our quarantining. And if we had went home for summer to get back into Okinawa, we would have had to quarantine for 14 days in Tokyo and then 14 days in Okinawa with a total of 28 days of quarantining. And then if we went to the States, we would have risked the chance of getting sick or taking one of to one of our precious family members. And so we just decided to stay put this summer. And we were doing good here on our little island, staying at home, and we hadn't had any cases for like 68 days. So some of our restrictions were lifted. We were able to finally go out out to eat and to get massages and go to the nail salon. And then bam, we had a group of military members from the US come into our island and now within a week we have over 140 cases and we are back in lockdown. So I've been a little upset about this, a little frustrated, maybe even a little bit angry. Every day I sit down at my computer to work on some school stuff. I'm taking master's classes this summer and my husband and I both have home offices that are like across the hall from each other. So I'll be in my office doing my work and then I'll find out some more information and I'll have to run into his room all in a tizzy and tell him what I found out. Our poor little already skittish dog has been shaking and hiding under daddy because mom is going crazy. The first day I took myself out for a jog to burn up some energy, used one of my positive coping strategies, but yesterday we were told we couldn't even exercise outside unless we were on base and I didn't want to drive to base just to run so I just paced around my house again freaking my dog out when my husband finally said to me, babe, you need to coach yourself. I'm like, babe, you're right. I need to do something fun and creative and find more positive coping strategies during this time right now. I need to recognize what I can control and let go of what I can't control. So today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the things we can control and the things that we can't control. We can't control circumstances, situations, events, or people. Unfortunately, a lot of crazy things are happening all around us. We're in the midst of a crazy pandemic that is taking between 1,000 and 2,000 lives in the United States daily. I have friends all over the country working in ICUs, risking their lives every day, making hard choices and working till they're exhausted. I can't do anything about that. 
there are a lot of things that we cannot control right now and it's very frustrating. So I want you guys to know that I get it. This is one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this today because I needed to remember this. Coaching teaches a model similar to cognitive behavior therapy. There are circumstances or events or situations that happen in our life, and these circumstances, events, or situations are not in our control. What we can control is our thoughts, which create our emotions, which drive our behavior and our results. Circumstances, situations, and events are considered neutral. Coronavirus is a situation or event, it's a virus, it's neutral. The thoughts that I have about it, the thoughts that we attach to it, are what gives it meaning. We can't control our circumstances. This is a brutal truth for some of us. Many people who resist this truth become control freaks. They micromanage and refuse to delegate tasks and try to force other people to change. They think if they can gain enough control over other people and situations that they find themselves in, they can prevent bad things from happening. I just read Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, and she describes this perfectly. She describes her incessant need to control her body by her food intake and output and her incessant need to control those she loves because she loves them and wants the best for them. And I can relate to this so much. For so many years, I thought that if I could control this situation or I could control my children or my family, then everything would be all right. Everything would go smoothly. I thought if bad things happened to us, then it was, it's because I wasn't in control enough. I didn't do enough. I didn't sacrifice enough. I should have worked harder. I should have done this. When I was turned 30, my parents came to visit and I had just graduated nursing school. I had a 10 year old and an eight year old and a three year old and my life was hectic. And my dad made this comment. He said that I was wrapped tight. And at the time I thought, how dare you? Of course I'm wrapped tight. I have a career where people's life is in my hands every day. And I have three children trying to learn how to navigate this crazy world. And a husband who doesn't particularly like his job. And if I don't control everything, who will? And I have to say that it was too many years later that I realized that this is not the way to live and that there is a better way. No matter how hard I try to control things, there are circumstances, situations, events, and people that are not in my control. I had to learn that I cannot control the world around me. I can only control myself. Much like Glennon, I thought me controlling every situation was about love. Love for my children. I wanted them to have the best life possible and by working harder and giving them all the opportunities that I could, then they would have an easy life. But I had to learn that controlling is not what love is. Love is accepting and trusting and having faith in my children, in my husband, and my family to make decisions on their own. They will make mistakes just as I have made mistakes and they will learn and grow just as I did. That is why I believe we're here on this earth, in this world, so that we can learn and grow. 
I'm now an empty nester and I read many posts from empty nester parents who are still trying to control their children and how frustrating that is for them and for their children. I think this is why God made me live on the other side of the world than my adult children so I could let them be adults. I could let them make decisions on their own, mistakes on their own, and learn how to be the people that they want to be. And you know what? They're all doing amazing things. So no matter how hard we try, how much we want to, no matter how much we love, there are just some things that are out of our control. So what can we control? We can control our thoughts, our feelings and emotions, and our behaviors. We can control thoughts which create our feelings and drive our actions and our results. When we try to control our circumstances, it makes us crazy, right? We get angry and frustrated. When we try to control other people, when we try to control the universe, when we try to control whether or not we get sick or not, when we try to control the government, when we try to control our neighbors, it makes us crazy and it simply doesn't work. So I think this is something that we can all understand. We may understand it intellectually, but sometimes it's much harder for us to practice, but it can be done. Yes, the world may seem to be out of control right now, but we can't control the world. We can't control the wind, but we can adjust the sails. We can make the choice and choose our thoughts. Circumstances have meaning by the thoughts that we give them. It's important to be clear about the thoughts that you're giving a particular circumstance. So for instance, my thoughts about coronavirus give it meaning and give it context. Circumstances like coronavirus are neutral because it depends on the thought that I give it. For example, my thoughts are that coronavirus is a deadly virus. It makes people sick. But obviously, if you read social media at all, you know some people don't believe this because circumstances are neutral. We get to choose for ourselves what thoughts we attach to a circumstance. So let's take some time to talk about thoughts. Let's start by taking a moment to identify thoughts and feelings about this situation. So there is a balance between feeling your feelings and managing your mind. So I could ask myself, why am I angry about this situation? Maybe I'm angry because it's inconvenient for me to stay at home. Maybe I'm feeling sad because I miss my family. I know for me, there's a lot of fear of the unknown. What is school going to look like when we go back in the fall? What if we have kids with coronavirus in our school? What if I get sick? What if my kids get sick or my grandkids get sick or my family members get sick? All these are thoughts that are going around in my head and it's important to take a moment to stop. To stop, take a breath and notice that all that chatter in your mind is negative. Notice how often we interpret events automatically in a negative way. Many of our thoughts are fear talking, negative conclusions based on interpretations of the world that do not serve us. And yet as they occur to us, we tend to believe them without question. 
Becoming aware of these thoughts is the first step toward changing them. Once we notice, we can stop automatically believing and acting on our thoughts. We have the choice. We have the power. This is part of discovering your personal power, is recognizing that you have a choice about your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. Now I get to talk about the brain for a minute. All humans have an almond-shaped set of neurons located deep in the brain's medial temporal lobe called the limbic system. If you listen to podcast number two, I call it the elephant or your emotional brain or your primitive brain or your limbic system in your brain. This part of your brain is responsible for primitive thoughts like survival. Its job is to keep us safe. All information being processed by your brain passes through the limbic system or this primitive brain. The limbic system keeps you safe by evaluating whether or not something is threatening. If your limbic system, aka your threat system, perceives something as a threat, it has the power to reorganize the mind and body and trigger a cascade of neurophysiological responses like the fight, flight, or freeze response. You know, when the hair stands up on the back of your neck, when your respiratory rate increases, your heart rate increases, you feel a little flushed, you may feel a little tight in your tummy. All those are natural responses to threats. This then completely reorients your mind's focus and its attentional resources and your motivations and your actions. These will then all work together to protect you from this perceived threat. We need our limbic system. We need a healthy and functioning threat system or our species would be in serious trouble. We would not be motivated to protect ourselves from danger and we would likely take risks with catastrophic outcomes. Humans would probably not have survived as long as we have if it wasn't for this important part of our brain. However, although all information flows through this limbic system, your threat system does not know anything about the quality or the source of the information that's flowing through it. Your limbic system only is concerned with one thing. Is this thing a threat or not? If an event is considered to be a threat, then this starts a cascade of physiological processes which have involved to protect us from harm. These are our survival instincts, so our fight or flight or freeze, or the physiological responses I talked about earlier. On the other hand, if there's no threat detected, then we can remain calm, restful, and in homeostasis. In other words, though, your limbic system does not discriminate between external or internal threats. Generally, people are pretty good at dealing with external threats, paying bills, crossing the road, specific deadline. Rather than external threats causing people trouble, it is in fact their internal threats, the threats from our minds that are the most problematic. Most of the time, it is the information being forced on you by your mind that triggers a threat. So thoughts, images, negative predictions, shame-based memories, self-talk, self-criticism, negative appraisals of the world around you, 
are the thoughts causing an internal threat to your fight or flight system. Your primitive brain sees these thoughts as a threat. This is why when we just think about a stressful situation, our heart rate increases a little, our respiratory rate increases a little, and our muscles may start to feel a little more tense. This is important to understand because if we can consciously shift our focus away from these negative thoughts, then our primitive brain or limbic system will know that there's not a threat. We can get to use our prefrontal cortex or rational brain and analyze our thoughts. The important thing to remember is that this threat system in our limbic center of the brain is always on, meaning that it's always monitoring and scanning for trouble. We can't turn it off. This is why it's so important to be deliberate and conscious about how we use our minds. What we attend to and how we use our attention can either trigger a threat or it can keep our threat system at bay. This process is neither good nor bad. It's simply how our threat system works and it is extremely powerful. But understanding it helps us better use it to our advantage. An important question you could be asking yourself is, what are you attending to in your mind? Does it activate your threat system or is it helping you to keep calm and soothed? Instead of arguing with your mind, we want to acknowledge and accept that our minds are very busy and capable of all kinds of unhelpful thoughts, while at the same time cultivating a posture of detached curiosity. The first step is just to become aware of our negative thoughts, to become aware of automatic thought processes and what makes those negative thoughts run amok. Images, predictions, judgments, negative self-criticism. Notice and determine what are your most common negative thoughts. The best way to do this is to use your journal. Simply write down the string of thoughts that emerge when you give your mind free reign for a full minute. Second, provides the meaning or context to those thoughts. Use your rational or logical part of your brain to evaluate or judge or criticize or debate those thoughts. Play detective and be curious. You can say something like, I'm noticing my mind is having the thought that blank. When we put these thoughts on paper, we can look at them objectively. It's more difficult to argue in your brain when your brain is the problem. So get those thoughts out on paper and you can easily use your rational or frontal part of your brain to choose your thoughts. Next, we can reframe those negative thoughts. Because our thoughts are what we can control, right? We control our thoughts. If you notice a negative thought, hit your pause button, stop, and be curious. Try to transform that negative thought, even if it's true. There's always another more empowering way to see a situation, which is at least true. The mind tends toward negativity, but our brain also has neuroplasticity, so it can change in response to repeated experiences if we teach it how. You always have a choice. Will you feel worse or will you feel better? Choose a thought that makes you feel better. 
Notice that as you reach for more positive thoughts, your perspective shifts and your mood lifts a bit. There is a strong mind-body feedback loop. What we focus on results in feelings in our body. For instance, daydreaming about something positive might make you feel calm, optimistic, or motivated. Similarly, daydreaming about eating your favorite food might make you salivate. This is because we have a strong relationship between how we think and how we feel. Thoughts are simply propositions or invitations that our brain can utilize to stimulate physiological processes that result in emotions and motivation to act on our thoughts. This can work against us when our minds think up negative, frightening, or painful thoughts. This can keep us from going after our goals and our heart's deepest desires and living a life of peace, purpose, and power. We have to pay attention to our thoughts because our thoughts create our emotions. If we don't pay attention to our thoughts, then our thoughts or a primitive brain, which is always scanning for danger, may run amok. Our primitive brain, which holds on to that limbic system or that threat system likes to say things like, keep me safe, life is dangerous, life is hard work, this bad thing may happen. These thoughts may create unwanted emotion in the background. So we need to be able to pull those thoughts into our consciousness and make decisions about them. Is this thought serving me? Do I really want this thought? Is it current or is it outdated? We can use these questions over and over again to challenge our automatic negative thoughts. Remember I said instead of arguing with your mind that we want to acknowledge and accept that our minds are very busy and capable of all kinds of unhelpful thoughts, but we can take a moment to pause or stop and be curious. We don't want to just shove those thoughts to the background. We need to use our rational brain to be curious and figure out what thoughts serve us best. Because our thoughts create our emotions. Processing our emotions and feeling our feelings are so important. Trying to deny our feelings or trying to deny our emotions, not allowing space to feel them and honor them, ends up being harmful and causes more stress on our body. We either spend a lot of energy fighting or energy trying to repress our emotions and then we find ourselves doing things like buffering. Buffering by eating or shopping or escaping in some way some way that is probably going to create a lot of negative consequences and make us feel even more out of control. As we go through this process and we organize the space in our head, we can do this much like we organize the space in our house. And we start to realize that we can have control over our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. When we look outside ourselves at circumstances, we start to feel powerless because we realize that we have no control over those circumstances. To get our power back, we need to come back to ourselves and realize that we do have control over our thoughts and our emotions and our behaviors. One effective strategy for managing our mind is bringing our brains to the here and now and making decisions for here and now. We can't predict the future. What I know in the here and now is that my family is safe. 
What I know in the here and now are the things that I can do to take care of myself and enjoy this extra time I have since I can't really go outside. Along with managing my mind and my thoughts, I can create a plan to manage my stress. This is something I can control. Exercising, eating healthy, and getting plenty of sleep are just a few key things that we can do to take care of ourselves. Excess stress puts us at risk for illness. We need to have our strong immune system in case we do get sick. So taking care of our personal needs is something we can control right now. We can make time to manage our stress so that we can operate more efficiently. Right now, we may not be able to do all the things we want to or would normally do to manage our stress. So we can take this chance to be creative and think outside of the box and to find some healthy stress relievers. I'm taking some time to binge watch some new Netflix shows, to work on some craft projects that I haven't been able to get to, to sleep in, to take naps, to read books. What are some things that you're doing as you focus on things that you can control during this crazy pandemic? Leave me a note because I would love to know. I hope you guys understand a little bit better that realizing and recognizing all the things we can control versus all the things we can't control is an effective strategy to discovering your personal power. If you like this podcast, please leave me a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. This is how I get the word out. Thank you so much for listening. And until we meet again, my friends.